Hey moms, I am so honored to share this space with you and to be able to welcome you to Beyond Motherhood Radio. Here we will talk all things motherhood and parenting, relationships, mindset, child development, and tapping into your purpose, all to help you live your most aligned and best life. My name is Brittany and I am married to my high school sweetheart, a mother to four children under the age of six, a certified parenting coach and former elementary school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. I'm on a mission to help you raise amazing human beings, live your purpose, and stay somewhat sane in the process. If you're ready to go beyond motherhood, let's jump in. Welcome back to the newest episode of Beyond Motherhood Radio. I am your host, Brittany LaJoy, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Whoa, I just need to take a breath here because it has been a rough couple of weeks around our household Our youngest has been sick, and she actually ended up staying at the pediatric ICU uh, about an hour from our hometown a couple of nights last week, and she's just struggling. She's a little peanut, as I've talked about before, so I've been overly concerned. Her little body is just having the toughest time fighting back against multiple viruses that she has somehow, (laughs) somehow gotten. But needless to say, I'm honestly shocked. shocked and surprised that I've been able to get this episode recorded and out into the world this week. So the topic itself is quite timely as we are kind of going through some of these real issues as well. Today, I'll be answering a question from a listener. She recently had a baby, yay, but is consequently experiencing, uh, in her words, defiance from her three-year-old or almost three-year-old. I did not get to have a one-on-one session with her or get into real specifics as far as uh, what she's exactly experiencing. So for the purposes of education and addressing this very common occurrence, I'll just speak generally and universally here as I go through kind of this topic. First, I wanna offer that I shared some tips for transitions and changes back in episode nine. I talked about some language that's useful and some ideas to limit the disruption in your home when changes occur. So much of these techniques can be used here too. So if you are, if you have a few extra moments in your day, I definitely recommend checking out that episode too. Um, But here's the situation. There is a big change in my home and my child is having a hard time with it. They are acting out or acting in a way that isn't normal for them what can I do to limit this? So I want to give you permission. The very first thing is I want to give you permission. Not that I am anyone that you need permission from, but this is coming from someone who would roll their eyes when anyone would say, I give you permission to rest, leave the laundry, uh, say no, et cetera, et cetera. I would think to myself, yeah, okay, thanks for the permission, right? It took me having my fourth child to give myself permission to actually be. Also, I finally was able to give myself permission to feel different, to say yes to offers, to say no to visitors, things like that. But here I am offering it to you now. Permission. Permission to be, do, feel, have, live, whatever feels the way you need it to in these moments, especially if you have a new baby like this listener who uh, brought up this conversation today. With that said... My first piece of advice is limit and lower the expectations that you currently have. Things are not the same. So why should we expect things to be the same? Why should we expect our child to adjust seamlessly 
to something that they've never known before. Does that happen for us? No. Typically, if our life is kind of thrown upside down, we don't adjust seamlessly. No, we might have a breakdown um, and we might be might behave in similar ways that a child would. Often when a new baby ar- arrives or enters the home, there's a brief window when the older children are in the kind of like a honeymoon bliss. They love on the baby and comfort it. They help out a lot. And then they realize that the baby is staying. <laughs> I hear this all the time. And the behaviors might come with that. Wait, my sister is actually here forever. Mom has to divide her attention forever. I used to get read to alone, snuggle alone, ride in the car alone, fill in the blank. And now I have to share all of mom's time with someone else. Imagine if that happened to you. In this case, it is not only a suggestion, but a requirement because you must lower your expectations or you might not make it out sane. Kind of kidding, but seriously, I don't find anything wrong with um, having expectations and visualizing how you hope things are going to go in your home. In fact, it's actually one of the things that I encourage everyone to do when setting a goal or approaching a new situation. The more you can prepare yourself mentally, the better. So what would lowering expectations look like when you have a new baby coming to your home? Your former reality might be, we eat a home-cooked dinner at the table as a family five nights a week. But your new reality might be, we will eat dinner together five nights a week, but it might not be at the table And we will also accept meals from family and friends. Another example, your former reality might be, my toddler doesn't have any screen time during the weekdays. The new reality might be, my toddler can have screen time when needed, during feeding time, diaper changes, or when mom just needs a break. Third example, your former reality might be, my toddler sleeps in his room and is put back into his room if he wakes up with no exceptions. Your new reality might be, my toddler is going through transition just like I am. If he needs to know that I'm still here for him in the night and needs some extra snuggles, I will invite him into my bed. Now, these are just examples, and you can adjust for your truths, your values in your home, and how you can change or lower your expectations during these extremely significant changes. I want to get back to the root of the question, the defiance of the other child in the home. In this mom's example, I believe her child is almost three. I'm nearly positive about that. But these can be used for all ages, not just toddlers. And you will adjust for those ages that you have in your own home. The only thing that will change might be the level of conversation that you have. I have eight tips. If you have listened to my podcast in the past, you know that I kind of like to list my tips. I just feel like the flow is easier for my brain. It's kind of the way I process things in numerical order. So I have eight tips that I want to put into um, your child-centric view, I guess, if we want to look at it that way, the ways that you can help your child. But then I want to offer a couple parent-centric tips as well. So this is where uh, you would kind of reflect back on you as the parent. So my first tip with a child in mind who is just behaving in a different way, ways you've not seen before, uh, defiance in the words of this particular mom, 
Number one, offer one-on-one -on -one time with your child or children. Yes, this will definitely take more planning than it has in the past, especially if you're going from one child to multiple children. It will definitely take a level of trust. So you're going to be offering up your newborn to someone else, perhaps. It might take pumping if you're nursing or scheduling during nap times. It might take writing down every little detail that you've learned about your new baby so far so that somebody else can take over for a little bit. It will vary for you and your comfort level, but one-on-one -on -one time is, again, not only a suggestion, but it must be a priority. In my opinion, it means spending one-on-one -on -one time with your other children away from your newborn. Out of the house, ideally. That's for your sake and for their sake. You need to get out of the house in the new postpartum time. I just feel like that's so important. We can't be stuck um, because we will swirl and we will spiral. And it's so common to get stuck in your your brain and your thoughts. So getting out of the house is ideal. If you just got tense with anxiety when I said that, that's normal. I think I talked about how I've been most anxious leaving my fourth child. And I really couldn't tell you why. It's just the way it is sometimes. But it's mentally good for you and emotionally good for you and your children. But focus on their strengths and interests. I suggest doing something that they love. If you have a unicorn child that loves going to the grocery store, great, do that. But ideally something that you can connect with and use some time to just be together. I'm thinking like a park or a museum, a bookstore. Even better, enroll them in something that meets more than once, like gymnastics or toddler time, so that you both have something to look forward to during the week that's just you two. Number two, involve and invite them. So involve them into your day and involve them in the tasks that you are performing with your newborn. So simple things like getting a diaper, helping you lay them down for a nap. Um, but further than that, invite them into your brain too. So we have a lot going on all of the time as moms. What would it feel like and sound like if you started to invite your child into what you have going on up there? Not to overwhelm them, but to just give them some language for the changes that are happening all around them. It might sound something like this. Oh, baby is crying. That might mean that she's hungry or needs a diaper change. I'm going to check her diaper first. Then I'll need to get a drink of water. So I'll put her in her swing so that she is safe. Do you feel thirsty too? Acknowledging that you're still there to meet his needs, your older child's needs as well. Would you like to come to the kitchen with me? And when we come back, I can help you hold her. Does that sound fun? Now, that was a lot in one kind of conversation, but you can kind of break up those that language piece um, in many different areas. So what I'm just kind of reiterating here is to just invite them into what's going on in your brain. And it doesn't have to be that long. It doesn't have to be that detailed, but just starting to think about talking out loud and involving them in your day. Um, we think of these things a million miles a minute and we often just act them out without even thinking right oh they're crying so we need to go get a diaper real quick or they're hungry or we need to put them in their swing right what if we slowed down enough to share in our conversation with our kids helpful for both us and for them it will also help with their language development later on tip number three understand the need or request this is the way that we, as conscious or gentle parents, aim to diminish the defiance. Our goal is to always understand why the undesirable behaviors are surfacing. And with new changes, we can almost automatically assume that the child is in distress 
and seeking connection. They are requesting to be seen and heard. Depending on their love language, they might also be needing physical touch or reassurance through acts of service, quality time, or even gifts. And like I've mentioned in previous episodes, sometimes the need is not explicitly clear and it takes some time and patience to understand it. And during these testy times, try and tune in, listen real close to what they're saying and what they're not saying, ask appropriate age-appropriate questions and reflect back to them what they're saying in order to attempt to get that need met. Again, easier said than done, but much easier with consistent practice. Number four, with the last one, understanding the need or the request comes expressing boundaries and validating how and what they are feeling. So how can we work together in this? Here's an example of what this might sound like in a moment of calm. Never try to teach a lesson during a time that is not calm. Simply ask the question, hmm, I saw a few minutes ago that you were having a hard time controlling your hands. Your body was a little out of control. Can you help me understand what you need? Because I cannot let you hit, especially with your new sister in the house. The boundary here is safety. When you hit, that makes me think you're mad. Is that true for you? Are you feeling mad? Yes? I get that. I feel mad sometimes too, and sometimes when someone doesn't listen to me or do what I want them to do, I get really, really mad. When you were asking me to play cars and I said no, is that what made you mad? I get that. I'm sorry. I was feeding the baby when you wanted to play. How about this? When daddy gets home, me and you will play cars and daddy can hold her. Does that sound fair? Okay, so I am expressing the boundary of safety. I cannot let you hit. I cannot let you put your hands on somebody else in this house but I'm also validating how they're feeling, making suggestions, age-appropriate suggestions on what I'm noticing and offering them some language and some words to use that would uh, kind of validate and talk about how they actually are feeling and giving them reassurance that it's okay. Tip number five, find resources that help your child understand what's happening. This could be developmentally appropriate books on new babies, changes, or death, for example. Resources are plentiful if we're seeking them out. Tip number six, and I think that this is probably of the eight, the most important to understand and difficult to accept. So understand that this is a season. The time that you're going through now, the super hard, the never ending, the can't wait for bedtime, this is a season and is going to end. There will definitely be more difficult seasons, but it doesn't mean that this part, this time, isn't hard. By the time this episode launches, this listener who gave me this question, she might already be out of the defiance already. That's how quickly a lot of these seasons pass in motherhood. And you're like, wait a second. A week ago, I was almost pulling my hair out because of this exact same thing that doesn't even seem to be an issue anymore. But in this moment, the feelings that you're having are very real and it is very hard. Tip number seven, play and storytelling. I personally find that play is something that is much more accessible for husbands, to be honest. They are typically deemed as the fun ones. Um, They have more ability to kind of just be carefree without having an agenda, without having any any they they're not seeking to teach or they're not t- they're just more apt to be 
husbands are more apt to be. They're more apt to have fun and they're more apt to let their child lead in that play. Um, one of my goals personally in 2023 and beyond is to actually become more fun for my kids because I see the pure innocence and joy that parents engaging in play has on kids. And in addition to playing out the situation with dolls or cars, add a story to it. So you could be talking through the exact situation that's going on in your home right now while meeting the needs of your child at their developmental level level with toy cars, right? You can have the red car is the baby sister and the blue car is the sibling and the brown car is mom and the black car is dad or however you want it to be. And you can literally play out what's going on in your home with the cars. And so again, it's making that kind of neurological connection between like, this is fun and this is this is kind of the experience that I'm going through and this is how I can deal with it. Because during that play, during that storytelling time, you're also going to be offering your kids ways to ways to overcome their feelings or work through their feelings or express their feelings, right? We're not going to um, diminish them. But we're going to show them with examples how they can work through them and that it's okay. And change is fine. And change is going to happen. And change is very routine. With the word routine, my last tip is routine. <laughs> What can remain the same for your older child or your child who's having some bouts of defiance here? This is so important because small things that can stay the same are actually really huge things that matter immensely to a child whose whole world seems to be out of sorts. Can you continue doing Donut Friday? Can you keep the older sibling's bedtime routine the same? Can the same parent pick up and drop off at daycare as often as possible? Can you still have Taco Tuesday? What in their life can stay the same? Because so much of their life is not the same now. Okay, that was my eight tips. I want to change gears for just a few minutes because I want to offer you some reflection after I said all of those things. I want to put on my parent coaching hat for a moment. And I want you to ask yourself some of these questions. My parent-centric approach puts the kind of the eyes on you as the parent because parenting comes from within. It is with us. It is not what's going on with our kid. It's going on with, it's what's going on with us. So what's coming up for me as the parent? What does defiance look like for me? Why am I feeling that my kid is being defiant here? Are they being defiant or are they just seeking something that I'm not being able to provide for them right now? And what is happening when they are being defiant? What's happening inside me? Is my body temperature rising? Am I getting anxious? Am I thinking about how other people are going to portray the situation? Am I losing patience? Am I sitting in uh, shrink mode? Am I having a flight experience? Am I just wanting to run away from the situation? Do I want to fight? Do I want to offer violence? What's happening for me when I am experiencing defiance with my child? What are you feeling during the episode? What's coming up for you? How can you hold yourself through that feeling so that you can be more available for your child's needs? Yes, these moments are so hard. Change is so hard, but it's also the most constant thing in life. 
change is going to happen all the time because that is what this world is. We are experiencing change 24-7. Some experiences are going to be much more impactful and larger on a larger scale, like a new baby or a death in the family or a divorce or a change in school. All of those things hold so much weight in a young child's life. So of course, there's going to be reactions to that in various ways. And defiance or acting out or undesirable behaviors is a big one. You're going to see that in multiple different areas. Your teacher might express some concerns in the classroom when big changes are happening in the outside in their family life or their world. Daycare is another example. You might see some heightened heightened experiences at daycare. Or if your kids are like my kids, they're going to hold it in in public places or school. And then when they get home and they're relaxed and they can just let it all free because they feel comfortable and safe at home. And it is very hard to stay and remain patient. But it is so key in allowing our kids to have that freedom to feel and to know that change is going to happen and how are we going to be able to work through change as it does happen in multiple different ways in our lives. I hope you found this episode valuable. If you did, as always, please share it with some friends. Tag me on social media. Uh, I would love to hear some reviews if you have anything. If you have any topics you want to discuss, my DMs are open for that. Uh, I hope you have a beautiful week and yeah, offering you so much love and patience and gratitude here because parenting, motherhood is not easy, but it is so rewarding. All right, take care. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, would you share it with another mom friend? We cannot support each other enough these days and perhaps sharing this podcast will bring some light to someone else in your life. Feel free to leave a rating and review so that we can continue to have more important parenting conversations together. See you next time.